I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Episode one of Supernatural Sisters. This has been a long time coming. This has been. We've been talking about doing something right for a while now. I think it's gone from like let's be on ghost adventures yes. and we scaled it back to maybe something more realistic. Yeah, this is a little bit more realistic. I think at one point we wanted to like have a real our own reality show. Right. Which would have been invasive. It would have been invasive and make very little sense. And it probably would have been boring because it would have been us just watching Ghost Adventures on the couch. Right. Pretty much we've been obsessing about the supernatural for 10 or so years, which may not seem too long. We first started becoming obsessed with ghosts because I went to Endicott College. And at Endicott College, there was a series of haunted buildings on campus that I was very excited to tell you about, to tell mom about, to tell anyone about, because I got one of the haunted dorms my freshman year, which I was thrilled. And so one of my first experiences um, in Reynolds Hall was during spring break. I was on the lacrosse team. I was there with my roommate and she, we had the lights off. We were in our bunk beds ready to go to bed. The only other people on campus were the men's lacrosse team. And so I remember hearing her say something. I was on the top bunk. I leaned my head down. I said, what? She was like, what? I was like, Alex, I can't hear you. And she said, there's someone in here. Oh my god. (laughs) So I'm hanging over the side of the bed in a very compromising position. So I whip my head up and I look and it, I don't know if it's the shadows or what, but it looked like someone was climbing through our window from a porch, which would have been possible because people did that Mm -hmm. to sneak in, you know booze and such. Sure, sure, sure. But it was so jarring. I don't think I slept the rest of the night. We both saw it. We were both staring there in complete horror. We didn't leave. We didn't run. We didn't scream. We just sat there and stared. Um, It was very bizarre and it was said um, that Reynolds Hall has the ghost spirit of a young girl who drowned in a bathtub. She was paralyzed from the waist down, and her... Didn't her parents, like, lock her away during a party? Is that the story? Yeah, and she drowned in the bathtub. Fucked up. I know. Real fucked. So, I heard other people had experiences that when they were in the third floor bathroom, they would be brushing their teeth and feel something pulling their hair. I just got chills when you said that. Yeah, and they would look up and there would be no one. Have you ever seen It Follows? No. Okay, there's a moment in that with some, like, because the thing in it is invisible to everyone except the person it's hunting. No bueno. And there's a moment where it just, like, you don't see anything but her hair just being (gasps) lifted by something invisible. And you know it's there, but you can't see it. And, like, majority of them can't see it. Whew. Oh, my God. Creepy. Yeah. 
Reynolds Hall itself, we can post a picture of it when we do a recap of this on our Instagram, which by the way is at Supernatural Sisters Pod. But we'll post a picture of Reynolds because it's still creepy. And I think my college recently just posted a picture of it and it, it is spooky vibes. Yeah. I, I mean, and I you. It yeah. was spooky. <laughs> <laughs> it was spooky. It was. <laughs> Spooky vibes. Uh, wasn't there also a a door that was like nothing led to that door? Yes, on one of the ends of the hallways of um, I think it was the second or third floor. I can't remember, but there was just a door like up on the wall where there used to be a staircase too. But then another time we snuck into the basement, and there was a shattered porcelain tub in the basement. Yeah, so the whole oh. Legend of this little girl in this old-fashioned bathtub. It was just shattered. There was just pieces kind of clumped together. So you could recognize it as a tub, but it was scary. That is really scary. Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of my first ghosty experience. And then I realized mm-hmm. I was super fascinated with all of the above. But, like, it was kind of an unspoken thing because it's like, you know... You might not you shout get... it from the rooftops when you yeah. first start getting interested. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that, like, I feel like some people, you get labeled a certain way, I think, when you're really right. into it. Right. Um, like and me and my jean skirt and my pink polo in 2006. Like, <laughs> your puka shells. Was, my puka shells. It wasn't 100% the vibe I was giving off. Yeah. But I was still super interested in it. Yeah. I think that was the first experience. And I remember you calling me one night after kind of a scary babysitting. Yes. I probably actually called you during it because I was calling everyone and would just was keeping (laughs) them on the phone as long as they would stay on the phone with me. Because what happened... I think we have been in a little bit of a zone of watching Paranormal State, so I'm not going to say I was completely unbiased. And we'll get to Paranormal oh, State. And we will, we will get to Paranormal <laughs> State. Trust us. Um, and so what happened was this kid I was babysitting needed to... He needed me to lay down in the bed with him so he could fall asleep. He just needed someone mm-hmm. there with him. And there had been kind of bangs around the house kind of all night. But Was it old? No, it had just been renovated. No, thank you. Just been completely renovated. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hearing bangs, and they're the kind of things that you just play off in your mind when, you know, you have a kid you're taking care of, you're not really focused on him. So he finally gets to sleep. It's kind of late. I let him stay up a little bit. So I hear people coming down the stairs because the bedrooms were downstairs, hmm. like a split level. And it's just one kid. Just one kid. Hmm. And so I hear someone coming and I'm like, I wouldn't be so convinced if I wasn't so relieved at that moment because I was like, oh, I really want to go home. Like, I just want to get out of here. I'd like to go home. And I was completely convinced that there were people. No. And then I wait for them to come into the bedroom and check on me and there's no one no one comes and so i go upstairs no one has come home they're still gone then is the moment where all of those bangs i've been hearing i'm cluing into them a little bit more and i can't figure out what they could be 
Like, they're just slams. Like, someone's, like, banging against a wall. It's always the second that you, like, realize you're alone that you're hyper aware. Yes. I would would be like, kid. I know, right? I I remember I had a hoodie on, and I pulled my hood up (laughs) as if that was going to do anything. It's an invisibility cloak. (laughs) I sat on the couch, and I called anyone and everyone. I remember our mom, she got on the phone with me and she was like okay what do you want me to do yeah and I was like I guess nothing she's like okay I'm gonna go oh yeah (laughs) I mean are you in danger or you're fine what do you want me to do you're fine sorry Jules we love you I love you Jules so um that was kind of my that's my really first and only experience right I remember you telling me and being super freaked out because it yeah. was when we were getting into yes. everything. And I have never been one for, like, the horror movie genre. Same. When I roomed with my friend Hannah in between my junior and senior year, I believe, of college, um, we stayed on campus for the summer. And Hannah is, like, like the queen of spookiness. <laughs> Talk about someone who's not afraid to broadcast it. No. In the best way. In the best way. She had every horror movie and she would beg me to watch it and be like, let me put this on. I told her it was a hard no. Yeah. I did not like that. I do not sleep after things like that. And it just mm-hmm. reminded me of every sleepover that I was like, mom, come get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is brutal. Yeah. Why can't we watch a comedy? I couldn't sleep after I watched Anacondas, which is the right. sequel to Anaconda. It's not even the first one. It's the <laughs> shitty sequel to Anaconda. Like, at that point, you know that there's probably going to be a big There's going to be a big snake. Turns out, so. giant snake. Was it J-Lo in that, too? J-Lo sure was. She's she was either in the fir- I'm not sure if she was in Anacondas. But, yeah. yeah. So, I remember telling Hannah, no thank you. Thanks and no sh- thanks. Thanks and no thanks. But then she slowly had me watching A Haunting on the Discovery Channel. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, it was scary, and it would cut to some scary things, but it was always on in the middle of the day, so I was like, okay, I can handle this. And the reenactments are pretty, pretty brutal. brutal. They're not right. great, but that's perfect. Right. Like, I think I have yet to see, like, an actor in one of these reenactments, like, make it in Hollywood. <laughs> like, that's the caliber. That wasn't their big break. It wasn't their big break. <laughs> Unfortunately. No. We started easing into that and then we watched paranormal state oh man and you know what the ryan buell of it all he is the host and if for any of you that have not watched paranormal state and you want a good i think like 6.99 on itunes recently for a season yeah for a season yeah i cannot recommend it more so this student at the time and his group of paranormal researchers at Penn and PRS. State. Yeah, at Penn State, hence Paranormal State. <laughs> PRS. PRS. Paranormal Research Society. society. They were a society. They were a society of researchers of the paranormal. <laughs> and so I started watching that, fell in love with Ryan Buell. Of course. And... I think those cases, like, they were just scary enough, but they were also really real because they dealt with families and not just, like, giant old asylums. So I was like, Abigail, this is a must. We must watch this. Yes. And it was 
it was beautiful because I had the same thing. Like, I didn't love horror. I couldn't do it. I couldn't separate myself from it. I just wouldn't sleep. It would just unsettle me in some right. way. I couldn't quite pinpoint. And then watching this, although I did have one sleepless night, and to this day, if I wake up between 3 a.m. <laughs> and 4 a.m., I think it's dead it's time. It's dead time. It's dead time. Absolutely dead time. Um, but I recently, so we both just rewatched some episodes yes. before doing this. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I watched it when I was in high school, and they were college kids. Right. So they seemed, like, mature and cool to me. <laughs> and I look back, and I'm like, what are these children doing? Why are these Absolute adults children. trusting these children? It's cheap. Chip, chip coffee. The medium, um, he's now going to be, I think, on the upcoming Haunted Salem live um, with several other people. Actually, what Katrina from Paranormal State is on it. And also, like, weirdly, Jack Osborne. Uh, like, oh. I don't know. I didn't know he's into that sort of thing. Hmm. But um, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. If there's chip, there's me. Wherever there's chip, there's me. <laughs> Wherever you find Chip, you'll find me. Okay? That's just the way it is. It is. It is. And so Chip makes Is that so our many... first t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> if, if Chip makes so many great appearances and has so many great one-liners, because he's a medium. He, the dead is speaking to him. So when he just turns around and screams, it wants the child. <laughs> With his southern accent, accent, I'm like, oh, shit. Get out, it wants the child. Chip said so. The thing about Chip is he's so genuine. So genuine. I, he could tell me anything. I would believe him. Because totally. you, like, you don't get the sense from him that he's making anything up. You don't even get the sense from him that he wants this life he <laughs> You get the sense from him that, like, a sensible, like, citrus-colored sweater is what he's here for in life. And that's great. Just a nice red sweater. Not necessarily dead people, but with the gift he's given. He he's doing it. great things with it. Yeah. There was like the psychic kids show too that he was yes. like the mentor. Yes, I watched some episodes but anyway, of that back so in like the day. This, like the show. It started it all. It did it re- <laughs> really because did start it all. It was so it was really spooky. There's a couple episodes that um, you know, must be watched because shook, just shook from them. Really shook. The like, ex- there's an exorcism. There is a full, spoiler alert. There's a lot of Catholicism in the show, right? Which I like, kind of forgot. I kind of forgot too. I did remember that like one of the things they did to help like every family was bury, uh, Saint Christopher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, medallion Sometimes around the corners of the house. Some holy water. Right. There's a lot of Catholicism in it, but I get it because that's like, right. that's the demon fighting. Right. That's that's right. how you fight demons. Right. It like, was with that good. On Ryan Buell's bankroll is Chip. Chip. Lorraine, apparently. Lorraine. Some priests, right? Some, like, priests, some therapists, even the chiropractor at Penn State. You know, he, <laughs> he knew everyone. You have to rule out that, you know, it's ghosts and not a back problem. I did watch part of an, or we watched an episode where there was like a psychologist who was hanging out with a kid. Did you watch that one? Yeah. I was 
wondering if he was maybe just a professor of psychology at it's, Penn it's State. It's Ryan's TA for his psychology class. <laughs> but he just runs the labs. He just runs He doesn't, labs. like... He has open hours sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. He was taking photos of the child, and I didn't know why. I thought maybe he was trying to capture a ghost in some of the photos uh. around him. Otherwise, there's pretty much no justification why he was on, like, a little jungle gym with that child taking photos. <laughs> I'll have to relook at that one. Yeah. Yeah, take, a, take another one. things to take note of. You know? Absolutely. a little digression. I'm sorry. No. Just no. Felt it, I felt like I needed to Justice hear that. Justice for the kid. Justice for that kid who was apparently uh, clairvoyant, as Ryan Buell assessed. <laughs> yeah, so Hannah got me into it. Yeah. She... Um is still into it. She sends me ghost stuff all the time. I announced recently this summer that I'm pregnant with my first child. Congratulations. <laughs> this is the first time hearing of that. I, I was wondering why you weren't drinking You're gonna this be an aunt. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and sh- immediately, I think she sent me a link to ghost like a ghost hunter onesie. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And you know what? That's so sweet. I might bring her home from the hospital in it. You absolutely should. Like, it's February, but it's always ghost season. It's always... Ghosts don't, like, just come out in October. No. Common misconception. (laughs) So she started this. She um, is responsible for this. We're gonna have her on the show for sure. Oh, absolutely. She's already agreed. Um, (laughs) Which is binding. She can't it's, back it's out. Binding. Of, yeah, it's binding. Yeah. She can't back it's out. It's a contract now. now. So the second part of what we wanted to talk about is something that we experienced together. Yes. Abigail, you could talk about you were abroad. Sure. Yeah, I was studying abroad in London and uh, Molly came to visit me, so I was planning our trip. Um, we took a train ride to York, England, and then up to Edinburgh, Scotland. And I happen to notice that Edinburgh has ghost tours Do available. Do they ever? Do they ever? So, because apparently a lot of fucked up shit happened in Edinburgh back in the day. Lots. In the day. In the day. In the day. <laughs> <laughs> and so we booked that tour and she came to visit. This was after, you know, we were well into our ghost hunter paranormal state loving Mm -hmm. spooky thing loving days so i was like i'm booking this we went to scotland we booked a bed and breakfast that we got directions to and someone told us it was over that lump over there which is apparently what they call hills in scotland which i said i would take that back with us and use it but i haven't i know i really haven't either you know it's hard to make lump happen some, at some point, you have to stop trying to make lump happen. It's so it's true. not going to happen. It's true. So we got over the lump. We, we did. We went to the, the, was it a hotel or a hostel there? I think it was like a bed no, and breakfast. No, that was a bed and breakfast. The hostel okay. was in York, York. And the hostel in York had that creepy sign. Oh my God. It did. Well, I have a picture <laughs> of the sign because I, we have to document it so we can post that on yes. our Instagram too. Yes. But it is, a, it basically said that a young girl died during childbirth and the cries of her baby can be heard through the night. So we watched, 
I think we watched like reality. We watched some British reality television. All night. There were some. I was like, I will outside, like, listen. Noise. Yeah, I'll listen to this reality banter yeah. over the cries of a dead child. So any day, really, any day. So that was yeah. York was its own thing, but got over the lump. We got um to our bed and breakfast, which was lovely. It was great. It, it was, was actually lovely. really you made nice. me like drink tea everywhere we went. I did not make you drink tea. I ordered tea and you scowled at, at you. me. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um. So Abigail had organized a ghost tour. She said it was. I mean, I didn't organize it. Well, I just. <laughs> I just. <laughs> she, she, she led a group of tourists to the funny. underground. Um. So we went to go to this ghost tour, and it was of the South Bridge vaults um so there's actually a ghost adventures episode of that i'm not sure if it came out before i feel like it came it, out before it definitely did and we knew we knew yeah that. i'm not sure if i had seen it because we knew about mr boots oh we did know about mr boots yeah. we did so we could talk a little bit about that but from the get-go i feel like the tour guide had it out for me she definitely did and i don't know what i did to her but it it seemed as though she Picks out one, one a tour. Sure. And, and Probably. It, it and was we, me. You were the blonde American girl. I was the blonde I mean. American girl. It started with her, she was very um, charismatic. She was into it. She was into it. She was yeah. in character. She's creepy as shit. And she was pretty creepy. She kind of looked like Moaning Myrtle, if I recall. Yes. All right. So Myrtle screamed, The did! So loud in my face. In your face. In my face. Like an inch from my face. Yeah. And that's kind of like... That was setting the tone. It set the tone. I got screamed at like in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> and right before she led us into underground vaults, which I don't think the tel- the television even did it justice on how tiny and claustrophobic and like air sucking... Oxygen yeah. sucking. Yeah. It was. It was amazing and spooky. And uh, I didn't realize, like, because you see those people on the shows when they're doing, like, their lights off in these places. And you're just like, and they can, they say they can feel it. Mm-hmm. And you're always like, well, what does that feel like? Right. This was the feeling. Right. This was that feeling of, like, I'm not in a safe space. Right. Supernatural-wise. Right. So, there are several, um, little, not characters, but there are several characters that are said to haunt it. One being a little boy and one being Mr. Boots. So, what did the little boy like that you had on? The little boy, she was talking to the group, you know, I seem things started to get better between me and the tour guide. Mm-hmm. And she said that the little boy was drawn to fancy trainers. And what, <laughs> at first I was like, shiny what did she trainers. say? Yeah, like fancy, shiny trainers. She that's was Scottish, by the way. Yeah, that's my accent. She was not so. British. Whatever. You can yell at us after the fact. <laughs> but, so I was wearing like Asics? Just, yeah. I mean, they had a little shine. They had a little shine. Probably, sure. you know, to not get hit by a car, but, yeah. you know, maybe 
it shown they're called the reflectors for reflectors for you know people to not get lost in the vaults but she said that he was drawn towards those and that he would come play with my shoelaces and i was like please god no don't uh, want that don't want that um I think that was, like, the second to last time she charged me. I can't remember the last one, but I was, like... I will tell you the last one, because I recall it, and this was both of us, and this had to do with Mr. Boots, (laughs) who was kind of, I think, the malevolent spirit of the vault. Oh, yeah, I have a little bit about him. Okay. We'll Uh, get to it. I will just say that when we went into the room where Mr. Boots was said to frequent... Uh, we all kind of went into the room and Molly and I were the last in and this only spot left was over in this back left corner of the room. Oh. And the tour guide said, she went around the room and said, you guys are all right where you're standing and you are all right where you're standing. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, shit, she's pointing all around us. And then she goes, you two, however, are in a bad spot. And Murder. let me tell you, when you're in a tiny, dark vault where you already know a, a like, mean-ass spirit is supposed to be, and you're standing in the bad spot, right? it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. I do remember that now. <laughs> I thought to myself, like, I need a beer. Yeah. I need to be ejected from this vault. You drank a lot of Stella, I remember. I as did? As I recall on that visit. Oh, those were the days. Well, I probably marched straight out of there with my fancy trainers <laughs> and got me a Stella. You probably did. Take the edge off. Yeah. Um, got to. But After basically, a ghost like that, you got to. You got to. So was... we did a little bit of research on the vault, so we can give you a little bit of a background. So. Scotland's capital city has a rich and haunting history. Oh. Oh. So I got this off tra- travelchannel.com, and in my head, Zach Bagans wrote it. Oh, of um, course he did. <laughs> because I feel like he's just, you know, he does it all. He's a triple threat. He does it all. He hunts ghosts, he gets scared by ghosts, and he writes about ghosts. Yeah, of course. On travelchannel.com. He does all the promo materials, marketing broadcasting all he does everything and he is travel channel the city of edinburgh straddles seven major hills notice hills not lumps was someone messing with us i don't know it's probably because zach wrote it zach they're lumps they're lumps they're lumps zach only two of which are visible in the present day city center castle hill atop which atop which sits edinburgh castle in calton hill it says, by the 19th century, business in Edinburgh was booming. Booming. Cobblers, yeah. butchers. What? Are they saying something? <laughs> Cobblers, butchers, and wine merchants set up their businesses on the surface of South Bridge, hoping to capitalize on the increased traffic across the bridge. One level below, in the vaults, mm-hmm. the street housed workshops. And below those, lower in the vaults, <laughs> were the living quarters. Which we were in, I'm pretty sure. Or no, we were in the workshops. Yeah, I think we're in the workshops. It's just home. crazy. They were like, let's just build below. There can't the be city. more. Yeah, no, no. If if we went one more floor below, I don't think I would have made it up. So no, we're the living not. quarters. In total, about 120 rooms were created in the arches of the bridge. 
Oh, the, the physicality of the different chambers mirrored socioeconomic status. The lower you lived, the lower your situation in life. That's cruel, Zach. 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 I mean, he's just reporting. He's oh, just telling This you was history. Is. This is history. Yeah. You're right. The fatal flaw of Edinburgh Southbridge soon threatened lives and livelihoods. Rain drove through cracks in the poorly constructed viaduct. Viaduct? The poorly constructed viaduct and carried the... Do you want me to call Zach and ask him? (laughs) Carried the city's blood, water... Blood? Blood, water, waste, and disease to the lowest levels. Where Edinburgh's poor battled to survive. During the Irish... I'm surprised Mr. Boots wasn't down there because I would be pissed off. Yeah. If I was down there, I would haunt the shit out of that. He had to have been down there. He just came up to haunt. You know what? Good for him. You know what? <laughs> wow. When, when what an inspiration, actually. If, if you're not going to be given it, like, yeah, just, just take, take it. it. During the Irish potato famine of 1845 through 1847, thousands of Irish Irish immigrated to Scotland seeking only survival. Forced into the vaults under the bridge, as many as ten people were living in a single room. Ouch. Fuck. The conditions were poorer than the tenants. Tenants. Oh, Zach. So <laughs> Um, Crowded, damp, with barely any air circulation. And just like that, the area quickly became Edinburgh's red light district. Oh. Prostitution. not sanitary. Yeah, I know. We were down there in that. Uh, prostitution, gambling, and the thriving black market were commonplace in the vaults. Murder, rape, and death were rampant as disease and crime took hold of the area. Dun dun. Well, I mean, they were, like, dark, dank, private chambers. By the late 19th century, the vaults were closed off for good in an effort to drive the seedy activity out from under Edinburgh's main thoroughfare. For decades, these vaults sat empty as their marred past slipped into obscurity. Obscurity ended in 1988 when a local man crawled through a narrow passageway, a brave, in one of his buildings and rediscovered the rooms underneath the bridge. Can you imagine being that man? Um, I... We're, like, you couldn't you, pay me money. No. If you were like, I found a hole, I'm going to crawl in it. That's not you. No, I think, well, it depends on the size of the hole. The size of the hole is what it is dependent That's key. On. That is key. Because if it's a hole where I have some like, wiggle room. Like where you might get stuck in. I, or could, you think, I could, you know, kind of be right. on my hands and knees through right. with a flashlight headlamp i'd be fine right i find something i have to squeeze or struggle through but yeah since then the cavernous vaults of south bridge have been open to the public so guy finds hole yeah guy finds vault in hole yeah they reopen to the public and the reports of ghosts have poured in witnesses claim to feel cold gusts of air to hear voices, and to see and sense an intangible presence. Some ghosts are bolder, like the spectral child, Jack, who grabs visitors' hands in the wine vault. Do you think that was Shoelace? I think he's Boy? fancy trainers. Yeah. Another more menacing pre- presence is known as Mr. Boots, an unkempt man, so named for his tall boots. Mr. Boots lurks in the back section of the vault and has been known to push throw rocks at visitors and throw rocks at visitors some have claimed to hear his footsteps on the cobbles and his echoing voice cursing throughout the chamber it's even rumored that in the 1820s the infamous serial killers william burke and william hare lurked with within the vaults killing some of their 17 victims 
fuck? With do dozens of other deaths due to disease and crime, the vaults under Southbridge remain one of the world's most haunted places. So we had another experience in Scotland. And it's entirely your fault. Not in that you planned it, but it's because I didn't of your undying love for Harry Potter. Yes. Of course. Yes. I found out there are several Harry Potter related locations in Scotland, specifically Edinburgh. There's the cafe where J.K. Rowling originally wrote the first ideas of Harry Potter down on a napkin, um, which we also visited, which we was did. fun. There was also, there's also the graveyard called Greyfriars Kirkyard. Yard. Kirkyard. Kirkyard. <laughs> Kirkyard. <laughs> it's called one of the most haunted cemeteries in the world. Yes. It has... The grave that has Thomas Riddle, which is what J.K. Rowling based Voldemort's real name on. Yes. Is that grave. It wasn't haunted with ghosts when we were there. It was haunted with drunk Scottish men. Yes. When we went. Correct. Yes. Took us a while to find the grave. Yeah. We wanted just a photo. We had digital cameras. You know how you it know. goes. But I think I remember you having a digital camera and... Mm-hmm. We hunted. Mm -hmm. It was kind of an obscure entrance. And then it was maybe the creepiest place I've ever been. And it was broad daylight, but it was the setting. And then the grave itself was kind of on a wall, remember? Yes. It wasn't just like in the ground. It was kind right. of like a gravestone as a part of like this stone wall. Right. That was there. Highly cool. recommend visiting there. It was really, it's really cool. It as hell. Just watch out for the drunkards. Know, the drunkards. <laughs> And if, um, so a little bit about this, um, graveyard, body snatchers, violent ghosts, a loyal dog, and Harry Potter characters may seem like strange bedfellows, but in Scotland's gorgeous gothic capital city of Edinburgh, the four merge to make up the ghostly lore surrounding one of the world's most haunted graveyards. In the city's historic center, perched on a hill overlooking the new town built in the 1700s, Greyfriars Kirkyard. Why is that so hard to say? <laughs> I don't know. It's a seemingly <laughs> idyllic cemetery dating back to the 1560s. We don't have anything that old in America. No. It's crazy. The 1560s. But to this day, it has strange... It has enough strange goings-ons to attract a steady stream of ghost hunters, wizarding fans. That's me. That's you. And the television producers and writers who follow in their wake. Haunting the cemetery is George Mackenzie, called the Mackenzie Poltergeist, who is said to be one of the most aggressive and active paranormal figures around. Hmm. Known during his lifetime as a ruthless persecutor of the Scottish Covenanters, a Presbyterian movement in the 17th century, Mackenzie's spirit, according to legend, was released in 1999. <laughs> Oh, uh, when a homeless man looking for a spot to sleep broke into his final resting place, the Black Mausoleum. Ooh. That's very sad. I, that is very sad. But, like, he picked the wrong mausoleum, it's safe to say. It's safe to say. And it was dangerous for him. Right. That's upsetting to me. Today, tours conducting nighttime excursions around the graveyard have reported some mysterious happenings 
Many participants have emerged from inside the prison and mausoleum with bruises, burns, scratches, and even broken bones attributed to long-dead prisoners and their violent oppressors. The Covenanter's prison is connected to Greyfriars Kirkyard by a stone gateway and locked metal gate near Mackenzie's mausoleum. It was once home to 1,200 unfortunate members of a failed anti-government revolution in 1679. No. You never want to be part of a failed revolution. No. 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 Successful revolution. Hell yeah. Right. Conditions at the prison were so brutal that only 257 of the prisoners came out alive, a portion of whom escaped or pledged loyalty to the crown four months after their mass incarceration. So yeah, I'd haunt the shit out of anyone coming near me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It seems justified now. Totally. In 2006, the Scotsman wrote that there had been 450 documented attacks, 140 people who had collapsed, and even a suspicion that the Mackenzie poltergeist was responsible for the death of one local psychic. Thank God it wasn't Chap. In the daylight hours, Greyfriars Kirkyard is a beautiful place for a tranquil stroll. But we made it out. We made it out. We lived to tell the tale of the We're lumps. We're here. The lumps, Mr. Boots. Um, Scotland was super cool. Edinburgh was a super cool place. Definitely visit. There's yeah. bagpipes pipes playing everywhere. It's like the... What was that? Everywhere. <laughs> it's like the background soundtrack of a movie. It really is. You think it's going to be not that because that's right. super like, stereotypical. So, yeah. Like, oh, there's not bagpipes playing right. always in Scotland. And then, yes, there are right. bagpipes and playing everywhere. And you can't forget. So the Harry Potter of it all. Yeah. The Loch Ness Monster of it all. Of it all. Nessie poo. Yes. Which is the Loch Ness Monster's poop that they sell in gift shops. They sure do. Um, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. A gift for Jules. A gift for Julie, our mother. I hope uh, she still spins that on the CD. You Rom. know she does. <laughs> what was this called? The CD, CD player. Rom. The gifts we brought. <laughs> we did give her, give her like, a nice scarf. We did. But anyways, we would like to thank you all. Thank you guys for listening to Thanks this first for listening episode. To our crazy first episode. It was crazy. Of who we are. Why we love the ghosties. Yes. Why we're fascinated by the ghosties. But I would like to say that ghosts, like, this is not me inviting ghosts into my life. Oh. I just want to say that. Like, I don't want their presence around me. I just want to say that to anything that could be around me right now. Like, I don't want any presence. I don't want you to show yourself. The only thing that's haunting your ass is me. (laughs) Yes. And we'll continue to do so. I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Hell yeah, we do. Yeah. Bye. Bye.